Hey everyone, it's Beverly Hallberg. Welcome to a special pop-up episode of She Thinks, your favorite podcast from the Independent Women's Forum where we talk with women and sometimes men about the policy issues that impact you and the people you care about most. Enjoy. Hi there, I'm Carrie Lucas, President at Independent Women's Forum, and I'm joined today by a special guest, Kelsey Bolar, to discuss a topic that I think is really important um, and topical today, and that is women's athletics and some of the threats that we have to it. So Kelsey, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Carrie. I'm excited to be here. So you recently went up to Connecticut to talk to some female athletes there. Can you kind of set the stage and and talk about the experience that um, some of the challenges that these girls are facing? Absolutely. So there's a story that's been bubbling really for the past two years uh, where high school girls are finding out that in track competitions, they are actually competing against biological boys. That is transgender girls who, um, you know, were born male but identify as female. And uh, the state of Connecticut, the athletic board there, Uh, really just decided that there are, you know, no rules or regulations. If someone identifies as a girl, they can compete as a girl. This is what happened originally. Since then, there's been a lot of pushback. Now there are um, certain hormones that the uh, transgender girls are supposed to be on in order to be able to compete. Um, But the the reality for girls in Connecticut is that – they are competing against biological boys and not just competing, but losing. These biological boys are sweeping the track competitions, the events where they are competing. And specifically, I spoke with one uh, one girl named Selena Soul. She's the only girl who really was brave enough to go public and go on camera and talk about what's happening there. Um, she she was uh, blocked out of competing in the New England regionals where she would have had the opportunity to be uh, competing in, in track, running in front of college co- coaches. She didn't qualify because uh, two transgender, the, the two transgender uh, track athletes uh, took first and second place. And in the specific competition where she was hoping to make um, the, the top six six athletes uh, qualified to go on to the New England regionals and Selena placed eighth. So she really feels had there not been biological boys in the competition, she would be out there competing at this huge, huge competition in front of college coaches. And instead she sat on the sidelines watching her own sport. Yeah. Well, you, that's, it's funny because I feel like it's such a, um, it's such an important conversation to have. And I feel so, so bad for these, these young women. I feel like one thing that's, that's kind of strange in this, when we start talking about this issue, is I think we need to go back to a little bit of the, the birds and the bees and, and remind people um, why there are women's sports in the first place. Um, I think sometimes there's almost a misperception that this is um, almost a silly, um, you know, discriminatory um, hangover from, um, from our societal traditions where we have, you know, pink blankets for girls and blue blankets for boys. Um, but actually, you know, there's some serious reasons and biological reasons why we have girls and boys 
um, sports. Um, and uh, can you talk about that a little bit? What is, are there some, you know, obviously beyond the obvious um, uh, kind of um, some of the sex differences, uh, you know, what are the other kind of physical characteristics that differ between men and women that impact their athletic abilities? Right. Well, hormone levels will have a huge factor, which is why when it uh, when this issue is being looked at before Olympic committees now, um, they are setting strict guidelines for testosterone and hormone levels between boys and girls, uh, men and women, because this has been proven to have a significant uh, influence on the outcome of races between men and women or all types of sports, not just track. Um, muscle mass, we know it is much easier for men to build muscle mass and they have much more of it. Our bodies, you know, you don't have to be a, a scientist or a doctor yeah. to uh, know the difference between men and women. We are just different. Our bodies are different and we compete at different levels. And this is exactly why Title IX came about in order to protect women, to give us the right to be competing in fair races. And what's happening in Connecticut uh, is these girls feel like we're moving backwards where their right, uh, their security to compete in fair athletics is being taken away from them. And they're now being forced to compete against biological boys. Um, yeah. And what is particularly sad about Connecticut is that there, I actually spoke with uh five additional girls who are competing against these transgender athletes as well. And they are too fearful to speak out because they've seen what happens when you speak out on these controversial social issues. Um, they don't want to be labeled as, as, as transphobic, as anti-LGBT, because they say it is not about that. It is about fairness in sports. But um, while this, you know, a lot of these differences, the sex differences between men and women are very obvious, and we should be able to have a grown-up conversation about this, we're not able to because so many of the girls being affected are too scared to speak out. Yeah, you know, that's, that is, that's, a, that's a really interesting, I think, an important part of your story. When I was reading about it, I thought, you know, it's, um, it's terrible, but not only are these um, girls really losing opportunities and not being treated fairly, but they do face this, this kind of this fear. Um, and as we've seen, their, their fear isn't really misplaced. Um, you see about women like um, Martina Navratilova, a famous tennis player, record-beating um, tennis play, player, um, who is a, you know, a lesbian herself. She's hardly somebody who'd be like a poster child for being, mm -hmm. um, you know, homophobic or transphobic. Um, but she came out and said, hey, you know, this is ridiculous. This is something that threatens female athletics. This is not, this isn't fair. Um, and she was absolutely um, demonized. Uh, she was the, the, hit by the Twitter mob. Um, this is something that's also other Olympic athletes who've spoken out against, against this. So I can understand that the girls and their, um, these, these um, young girls and their parents are saying, gosh, you know what, we're just going to, um, you know, move along and not want to kick, kick up a storm. But, um, but man, that's, that's really, that's, that's really sad. And, um, and has a lot of consequences um, for others. I hope that people do start speaking out. Right. And I couldn't help but find the irony here where, um, you know, on one hand, they're worried about public backlash if they speak out. On the other hand, they're worried about their ability to get into colleges being impacted by any public statements they might make in regards to this situation that's unfolding in Connecticut. And how sad is that, that they are worried about um, being blacklisted from the very institutions that are supposed to enable us to have these 
difficult, controversial discussions <laughs> about the cultural issues of the day. They are they are too worried to speak on those cultural issues of the day because they think it could stop them from being admitted to these very institutions where we're supposed to deal with it. So I think it just is a reflection of um, how how problematic our, our society has become where one side, instead of wanting to have a conversation uh, about these situations, they just want to shout us down, uh, choke us out of the entire media landscape. They don't want these girls to have a voice. And the only way I could get their voices out there in the story that I did was to record their voices and alter them so that nobody in their small towns could figure out who they are. I had to go out of my way to protect their identities. And that's something we usually don't like doing. We, we you know, unlike a lot of the mainstream media, uh, we don't like using sources on background or off the record because we want to be as transparent as possible with our viewers. But of course, when it comes to a situation like this, we felt that everybody is going to understand why we had to make that difficult decision because it is the only way that we could have got their voices out there. Yeah, you know, that that really is quite telling, um, and um, it is you know it's a, it's a shame you th you think about all the efforts that are made in our academic institutions to you know she roars and all these uh, attempts to to encourage women to speak up, but here we have um, women being really um, feeling the pressure of of this um, PC culture that makes it so what what they're experiencing is considered illegitimate. Um, you know, one other thing I, th I thought found interesting in, in, um, in reading a little bit about this issue is when we talk about the kind of the solutions to it and, and how it is that we can start defining um, men and women and who can qualify for these races, it's pretty complicated um, because even if, you know, if, um, if a, someone who um, has, was born a man and goes through puberty as a man, um, even if later on he's able to reduce the testosterone as he, if he's transitioning to, um, to become um, a, a woman or to live life as a woman, the very experience of having gone through puberty as a man means that your lung capacity, it's, it's basically you have a totally different um, as you, you know, build when you are, are, um, experience this. And it's, you know, your, it's your lungs are also have a greater capacity. Men's lungs have a greater capacity than women's do. do. It's the muscle mass. It's the, the lack of, of um, women have more um, fatty tissue than, than men do. Um, all these things make it so, um, so that there are some sports you know, weightlifting, um, some of the, the track and fields, where it's just, it's not, women are not going to be able to compete or, or win. Um, and so it's really hard to think through a way, you know, there's only one way to, to, um, to protect women and to keep this fair. And that's really to limit most of these opportunities to women or, who are born as women. Um, so it is an uncomfortable conversation to have, but, but it seems like it's, it's going to be um, necessary. Do you have any hope that, um, that this is going to, um, that people are going to come out and that common sense is going to prevail? Or do you think that because of this kind of um, the um, political kind of pressures and how, um, how fraught this is in terms of, of, of people being willing to speak out, um, do you think this is um, no solution is in sight? I think this story in Connecticut is really the tip of the iceberg, and that's something important that uh, Selena's mother, who I spoke with, pointed out that, yes, this is happening to high school girls in Connecticut in, in track and field, but it could happen at, in any sport, in any school across the country, at any level. Um, and so, you know, it's really only until it starts affecting your family, your friends, personally, that maybe we'll start hearing from more voices. 
But I, I do think it's, you know, in, in, you mentioned common sense. I do think it's interesting when you have those dinner table discussions with uh, friends or family who um, maybe disagree with you politically on some things. When you talk about the issue of um, transgender uh, athletes and, and sports, uh, there's a middle ground there. I mean, you know, on the surface level, I think most people can agree that there are just innate biological differences between men and women. And that's something that we're going to have to reckon with. That said, uh, the reason I think this is really only the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to be a long battle that conservatives really do need to pay attention to is because right now in the House, we know that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are pushing the Equality Act, which would basically enable any biological boy to compete as a girl in any sport um, without regulation. So there is a real danger and threat here to girls and women's sports, and we need to take that seriously. Yeah, you, that's that's really important. I think that you you'd hear um, the name of that of uh, that um, that bill or that the proposal that's that's in the House right now, the Equality Act. Who could be against that? It's you know this is such a lovely idea. It's 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 really it's it's hard um, having to have a conversation with somebody and say you know what this isn't this isn't equal. This frankly isn't um, this isn't fair. Um, and to kind of push back because certainly the media is not bringing that up. Um, so it is um, it's a it's a tough job, but um, but that's part of. Um, um, you know, I'm glad that, um, that I've got, uh, you're out there, Kelsey, um, kind of telling, making women's voices heard and, um, and so you're telling, the, telling it like it is, even, though, even if it isn't always easy. Right. I think uh, we have to give Democrats some credit in being very creative in the language they use when drafting these, this type of legislation. Uh, they've done this before, but the most important takeaway when it comes to the Equality Act is that ultimately it can and will erase women in many sectors of society, uh, including athletics. It will erase women in terms of athletics. So that is why it is such um, an important bill to um, educate yourself on. I know Independent Women's Forum has lots of resources on your website um, where people can go check that out, but it's important to be educated and be involved about uh, the legislation that Democrats are making a priority right now. Exactly. You know, and it's funny that the women's groups, you can't count on those old um, so-called women's groups that used to be um, would be raising alarm bells on something like this. Um, you know, a lot of the, those that are on the left now have, have really um, decided to put women um, on a back seat where advancing kind of a, a more radical progressive agenda is, is really their priority. So, well, Kelsey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about this today and for all your work on this issue. For everybody listening, we hope you um, took something away from this uh, conversation today. If you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks or like the podcast in general, we'd love it if you could take a moment to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure our message reaches as many Americans as possible. Share this episode and let your friends know that they can find where they can find more She Thinks episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here, um, you're in control. I think, you think, she thinks.